Hello, and welcome to Until It's Fixed, a podcast by Optum. This 10-part series takes you inside the healthcare system to better understand the industry's challenges and complexities at its core. I'm your host, Susan Denser. Today, we're exploring the importance of social, behavioral, and medical determinants of health. Determinants of health include factors like a person's income and education, health-related behaviors such as exercise, access to health care, and more. Identifying and addressing when possible these determinants of health are crucial for a comprehensive approach to health care. As Optum calls it, whole person care. Offering whole person care requires having information and data points about determinants of health. Those can come from things like claims or discharge papers. Jana Gunn is a director of consumer analytics in Optum's customer office. She explains determinants of health further. So knowing the determinants of health for an individual helps us understand the full picture of a member. Things like your access to quality food or access to transportation, what your income level is, your age, where you live. It's all of those factors that play a part in your overall health. So it's, it's getting back to our mission of, of helping people live healthier lives by not just trying to solve their medical conditions, but also you know, really focusing on the member from a holistic perspective. You know, again, not just treating the person like a patient, but um, trying to understand everything that's impacting their overall health. Optum is bringing together this type of information from various sources, including health assessment surveys. The health assessment is very easy. It's just some basic questions about your health status. So things like how many hours a night do you sleep? You know, how often do you exercise? That type of information that that we can use to understand areas of an individual's life that they may want to improve. With consent, other important information from medical claims can be incorporated. That helps to identify patients who may benefit from additional services to manage their health. Walter from Texas was one of those patients. Before he retired, Walter worked for the railroad for 38 years, conducting track maintenance and inspection. He also picked up some unhealthy habits. I used to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. I told myself that I was going to stop. I dropped one cigarette a day for as long as I could. And when I got down to like a pack, I was stuck at a pack for about a year and a half. I couldn't go lower than that. I kept telling myself, I'm going to try it again, and I started again, and by my birthday in 2016, I woke up that morning, and I took my last cigarette breath, uh, puff off a cigarette, and I put it down. What happened soon after put an end to his smoking for good. I went out and started working on my trencher, which is a machine I got. It was real hot, and the weeds were real high where I was doing it, and I went home, and I ate a big old bowl of ice cream because I was burning up. Big old bowl of ice cream, I just went to bed. Well, before I woke up the next morning, when I woke up the next morning, I should say, about 5 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't breathe. I thought something had bit me. Put a little alcohol on it and everything, laid back down. About an hour later, I still couldn't breathe. I, I mean, it's getting worse. I went ahead and drove myself to the emergency room, walked in there, and they took my blood pressure everything. Everything was perfect. 
the lady says, ah, we don't see nothing wrong here. Take these paperwork, go over there, sit down. So I grabbed the paperwork and I walked four steps away from her and I collapsed. When I woke up, there was seven doctors around me. They said I had a heart attack. Tests showed blockages in his coronary arteries. Walter underwent a triple heart bypass. And I said, there ain't no way. I've had perfect blood pressure my whole entire life. No high blood pressure, no nothing. No diabetes. In good health. And all of a sudden, wham, just one day I have all, all my arteries are stopped up. When I woke up, I had this big old scar on my chest. And from then on, it was just like, well, now i got to fight for everything. After Walter was released from the hospital, Tanya Clout got in touch. My name is Tanya Clout, and I'm a registered nurse case manager and a complex case manager. Tanya works for a subgroup of Optum. Her job is to contact patients who have immediate health issues and tell them about programs and forms of support available through their health plan. At first, getting through to Walter wasn't easy. He didn't want to talk to me. He thought I was a bill collector when I called, and he actually hung up on me. When Tanya kept calling me and calling me and calling me, and I kept telling her, no, I don't need I don't know how to hang up on her. <laughs> and finally, I just decided, oh, what the heck, man, I, I listened to her. And she tried to talk me into starting some of these programs and everything, and I said, oh, no, no I don't need that. I don't need that stuff, you know. And she, she was pretty persistent, which which I liked that because she kept calling me and kept asking me and kept bugging me about it. Finally, I gave in. Thank God I did because that has pretty much saved my life three times since then. In an ideal world, maybe this would not have been Tanya's first introduction to Walter. But once they connected and once she knew more, they began a series of conversations about Walter's health and health care. Tanya was able to address some of Walter's needs affected by his determinants of health. Here's Jana Gunn once more. Determinants of health have a, a big impact on your overall health status. So, for example, there was one study that found life expectancy can differ by up to 20 years, depending on the county that you live in. There was another study that found socioeconomic factors contribute to about 60% of this difference in life expectancy. So there's a very strong correlation between these determinants of health and your overall medical health and well-being. There's a big opportunity for us to help address some of these unmet social needs to help individuals live healthier lives. Tanya's role is to be an advocate for patients and to make sure they're getting the best health care that they can under their health plan. Possibly can, and I do that by talking to him about his health, uh, making sure he has the right providers in place, that he's taking the right medications based on his diagnosis and evidence-based guidelines, as well as checking to see if there might be any cost savings for him with his medications making sure he's getting the right care based, again, on his diagnosis. They also explored Walter's health in the broadest sense, his financial situation, his relationships with family members, and his overall mental health. And the initial call, he, he still really didn't want to talk to me because his biggest concern was that he was having a lot of financial issues because he had been out of work on short-term disability and hadn't been getting paid. 
So I offered him a social worker referral. And basically what that entails is I submitted a referral to our social worker to see what kind of financial resources she could get for him to look into to try to help him with his financial issues he was going through at the time. Then I was able to provide him those resources and he was able to get connected to help him get his finances back on track so that he's able to focus on his health. Another issue that emerged in conversation was that Walter was lonely. Well, comes with territory. It's not unusual for older adults to feel that way. Research shows that persistent feelings of loneliness put people at even greater risk of poor health. This so-called social isolation is linked to increased risks of heart disease, stroke, depression, anxiety, and even suicide. So identifying people who are socially isolated is an important step in improving their overall health. He he does live alone. He lives in a rural area, so he doesn't have a lot of people around. He enjoys having that additional support from the behavioral health staff. In addition to helping individuals like Walter feel more socially connected, Optum has gathered similar information about millions of patients to build predictive computer models. It can then use these models to pinpoint people like Walter in advance and take steps to address their needs and reduce their health risks. So when we're building our predictive model to identify individuals that might be at risk of social isolation, we used a survey question that we had asked individuals from our our health assessment questionnaire. And that question was, do you have supportive family and friends? And we found that about 5% of the population answered, I'm a little lonely, while the rest of the population answered either I have a great network of friends or I have some friends. And so we were able to use those individuals that answered, I'm a little lonely, as a proxy to help us identify individuals that are socially isolated. We looked at the characteristics of the individuals answering, I'm a little lonely, and compared those characteristics to the other group of individuals. Things like where they lived, what state they lived in, their spending patterns, the types of medications they were taking, whether or not they had certain behavioral health diagnoses. So we're able to use that information and find similar types of people in our population that might also be struggling with social social isolation, but haven't necessarily answered that questionnaire and told us outright. So that's really the benefit of the predictive model Predictive models like these are an increasingly useful tool for organizations that want to plan for and help manage the health of broad populations of people. Tanuj Patel is an analytics product director at Optum, who works on technology supporting state government solutions. By training, I'm a medical doctor and a health informatics professional. But for most of most part of this decade, I have been focusing on application of data and analytics within healthcare. I'm leading a self-service analytics and business intelligence platform within Optum State Government, which we envision will help our customers as a medium to better insights for better health outcomes. And that means aggregating a lot of disparate data from a lot of different sources, right? 
That is correct. Uh, and making sense out of that data is the hardest part and providing that data to the right folks at the right time for the right reason is the challenging part. By combining and analyzing all these data sources, Optum can provide insights to inform the entities that pay the nation's health care bills in the broadest sense. Public programs like Medicare and Medicaid, employers providing health coverage for their workers, and commercial insurance companies. Tanuj Patel focuses in part on creating these predictive analytic models for the states that manage their Medicaid programs in partnership with the federal government. State-level managers of these programs can thus get a better understanding of what's happening with Medicaid enrollees and what their future needs and costs may be. You know, states have their own desperate uh, data systems uh, that are in silos. They're not talking with each other and not uh, people are not able to take advantage of the data that is could be available to them. So the situation that we are in right now, the global pandemic, it has certainly sparked long due discussions and collaborations uh, for rapid real-time business intelligence and advanced analytics. And having said that, I believe biggest uh, silver lining with COVID has been conversation around data democratization. Since, uh, you know, start of this pandemic, we have realized that we need data integration and data sharing in a way that we never have before. What we're really talking about is, is giving people the right data, the right analytics, the right tools that they can use in the context of performing their jobs to actually do those jobs better. So it's basically making it actionable, right? That's where the healthcare industry or any other industry is heading. I mean, you can catch something before it happens using the data that you already have gathered is the true uh, power of data analytics, in my opinion. So again, just to make this as concrete as possible, let's say I'm a, a nurse and my job is to use the data about, say, risks that people might be subject to substance abuse and head that off. That's where, well, you'd want to know who's at risk of opioid abuse ahead of time so you could actually reach out, make that person aware of the risks of substance abuse Maybe even uh, if, if they're already in the midst of substance abuse, pair them with a, uh, a, a substance use treatment program, something like that. that. That's what you're talking about. That is exactly right. And the intervention, which are, you know, more or less uh, points them into direction of achieving a better health outcome. And, you know, if you have integrated data, you can identify, let's say, in your example, the substance use disorder member, you can identify all the other determinants of health, right? The social, mental, and identify where the gaps in care are. And once you identify, there are always, you know, health plants and uh, managed care programs are very proactive in doing outreach to the right provider and saying we need to get on this situation ASAP and uh, be in more proactive and preventative mode rather than reactive and treatment mode. Being in proactive and preventative mode to avert the worst health outcomes rather than waiting until people are very sick to treat them would be a change for most of America's healthcare system. 
Public health experts have long called for this change because our system has historically been more of a sick care system than anything else. The Optum people I've met say that this is what drives them, helping people achieve and maintain health and well-being. Getting the right information and data, analyzing it correctly, and getting it into the right hands at the right time can make all the difference to the success of the process. And sometimes the people who need that information the most are all of us as patients and consumers, and those like Walter. Again, here's Tanya. I think the most important part of my job is really empowering the members themselves to have a better understanding of their health and how to manage it. Um, A lot of times people are told, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. But if they don't have the why behind it, they just don't understand, so it's not as important to them. And that's what I really try to do, help them to really understand the why behind what they're being told to do to help manage their health, even if it's just a medication, how that medication works within their body so that they know why they need to take that medication and what it's actually doing for them. And that really helps their compliance with following their care plan, taking their medications, doing the self-monitoring that they need to be doing. It's really, you know, just taking that extra time to explain the why. It really empowers them and gives them an opportunity to really take charge of their health and keep themselves healthier. After Tanya helped Walter tackle his financial issues and his loneliness, she went further. She connected him with a nutrition program that helped him lose a lot of weight. She helped him find ways to lower the costs of his medications. She found him a new life coach who offered support for Walter's mental health. All of these services were available through Walter's health plan. He just didn't know it. That's the reason why I'm here today, because Tanya got me started on all that stuff. And I listened to her. She knows her stuff, you know. She knows what she's doing. I appreciate it 100%. I mean, she was right on the dot on everything. But I called her my little pit bull. How do you think he feels about you today? I know how he feels about me. He tells me all the time. He even tells his doctors, I'm his pit bull that, that, go, that goes to bat for him every time that he needs me. Well, pit bull or guardian angel. That's what we do each day with all of the members that we work with. That's all for today. This is Until It's Fixed, a podcast from Optum. I'm Susan Denser. Thanks for listening.